This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Fajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. With me here is the usual crowd of um, Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca, but we also have Brad Miller, and then we have a couple guests here of uh, Daniel Jansen and Jake Hayes. So welcome, guys. Hey. Hey. All right, Daniel, let's start off with you since uh, Jake had to step away for a minute. Um, uh, when did you start iRacing, Daniel? I started uh, about two years ago. Um, a couple of my friends got got me uh, uh, kind of got me hooked into um, into racing online with, of all things, uh, Formula One 2012 a few couple of years ago, and then they they kind of disbanded that and and started picking up with iRacing. All right. Uh, so what uh, what series do you normally run now? Do you run road or do you run oval? What do you run? I try and keep active with uh, right now at the moment with one one road series, one oval series. Um, kind of a little bit burnt out on the on the oval thing with uh, doing NIS all year, so I'm trying two two road series this year, IMSA and and Caddy Cup, just for just for fun. Okay, um, tell us about the team you're on. I know you're on Black Adder Motorsports. Why don't you tell us about that team? Yeah, so the uh, so the guys that that, that I raced with uh, originally with the um, in with that F one game, uh, they uh, they shifted over here and and basically I don't know if you want to consider me a founding member or like within the first few months uh, I came came over there and have been there ever since. Um, there we picked up a lot of uh, international influence. We have a, a bunch of uh, Aussies. Uh, on our team, uh, some some European-based drivers, just kind of all over the place, and we have a they have a, so we have a really strong road racing program on there, and they're really active um, in a bunch of different different leagues. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen your team teammates all over the place and and in a bunch of different leagues and stuff. I raced with a few in the Gathering of Tweakers. Uh, series that was last year and so uh, you I know your team has always done well always ran well and a lot of road racing uh, but what are the other oval racers you have on your team uh, specifically uh, we have a probably about five of us that are, are consistent week in and week out with um, uh, with the NIS at the at the moment uh, Ernie Ludwig um, Sam Harris uh, Christian Chandler uh, and uh, now my now my mind goes blank. Uh, Josh Josh Mertz and myself are are pretty much in every Thursday night um, and occasionally some Sunday nights if Thursday doesn't go too well. Um, so yeah. All right. Yeah, I know I run a lot with Sam and uh, Christian out there. So uh, and I have run a lot with you in the past there too. So yeah, that's a decent oval team. Um, what uh, what leagues do you participate in there, Daniel? 
Uh, I've actually gotten uh, sucked into all things uh, the the Australian Endurance Championship. Um, basically, like most of the leagues run on on Saturday, and it's not really a, uh, a convenient day for 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 me to do much of anything. Sort of a a family day. Um, so I, I, I kind of just am on call for, for like the, the long distance, uh, endurance racing. I got sucked into doing a 24 hour race at spa uh, about a month ago, uh, with them. And I'm probably, I might end up doing a, a race at Monza and, uh, uh, with the same series. So I, I'm kind of, I'm interested in the endurance, uh, a lot on the roadside. So whenever somebody needs like an extra driver for, for a longer race, I'll, I'll usually volunteer. All right. Uh, Jake, you back yet? All right. Uh, Daniel, what type of, uh, wheel and pedals do you use? Uh, just your, uh, standard issue, uh, G27, um so it was uh it was about all uh, all i could uh afford and it's it served me very well up to this point uh, do you have triple monitors or a single monitor i have a i have a, a kind of cobbled together rig i'm actually uh sitting in it now it's a just a just a single monitor at the moment um but i did upgrade to a video card that that could support it once once the budget allows uh but I, it's like literally like a nightstand that i've kind of rigged up to my steering wheel with the monitor so i can get in a more comfortable sitting position and a gamer chair all right uh jake you back yet just quick check in here all right so let's uh let's talk about the nis races since we've last been on which was uh kansas taldega and then one race of martinsville so, uh, Kansas, uh, let's start off with you, Daniel. What kind of, uh, what kind of experience did you have at Kansas uh, a couple of weeks ago? Uh, not a good one. <laughs> uh, it was one of those weeks I, I play hockey, and the, the league I'm in occasionally plays on Sunday night. So it's a, a one-and-done kind of, kind of deal for me. If I, if I did well on Thursday, great. If not, oh, well. And I kind of got caught out by the the tire fall off. I I kind of was um, guessed wrong on tire wear and how much time I would lose by by uh, trying to make it um, one stop as opposed to two stops for for last uh, last bit of the race. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that tire wear. And you know, I think that's something that we've seen ever since the the latest build with the dynamic tracks. Now I'm not sure if it's just dynamic tracks. It might be the new tire that they put on the Gen 6, but there is a lot of tire wear in basically every race we've run. you experience that? Absolutely. And the, the, the interesting thing about that is just that, uh, just, you know, I'm usually one of the, one of the ones that's a lot better on my tires and gas and saving that sort of thing. And I've just been having a, having a hard time, um, guessing right with strategy. Uh, I guess that'd be the, the best way to put it. It's changing strategy, you know, the, because of the wear. Yeah, and that, like what, a, what, a, what, a, like in the in that Kansas race, the right call was to basically sacrifice and come in for two stops and just be faster the the whole time. Whereas like the old bill had probably been the right call to stay out there and nurse one set of tires to to only do one stop. Right. Yeah, Br- Brad, how was your experience there at Kansas? I did pretty good, I think. I, I I welcome the new tire model and the changes they've made because it 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 
it really keeps you on your toes because it, it seems like when the caution comes out, a lot of us on team speaker going pit, don't pit. What do you do? Two tires? No. I mean, it, it, it's thrown a, another wrench into the system that makes it a lot more challenging. Yeah, I actually quite enjoy it myself. Uh, Jake, you back yet? All right. Uh, before we move on to uh, to Carlos and Mike, I'll just give you my experiences. Thursday night in the fixed, I Daniel, I guessed wrong like you. I was uh, I tried to stay out. I thought for sure there was going to be a caution. There was no caution, and so I I really kind of paid for it uh, there. Um, when I went in real late, and then, of course, when I come out, there's a caution. So I kind of paid for it. I was in 27th place. I think there was about 13 laps left in the race. And then uh, thank you to the other drivers for the way they drive, predictably on iRacing. Um, there was a couple of cautions within that 13 laps, and I and they basically just gave me uh, 14 positions, so I finished 13th on Thursday. That sounds familiar. By recovery. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, hey, thanks very much for crashing, guys. Um, and then on uh, on Friday, on, in the open, I actually did a different strategy. And because I thought I had a pretty decent car with a nice long run. And so I qualified this time and I tried to stay up and near the front uh, for most of the race. And Mike, I think you're in that race there with me. And um, I actually was running up. Uh, Pretty much near the front, basically the whole race, and uh, finished third. I had a uh, Rega car, and I was, I was uh, in position to win that race, except for uh, a couple of late uh, cautions there, awesome. kind of hurt that position. But yeah, it was just, uh, it was, uh, it was felt good. Um, yeah, but uh, I, th- I think it was a uh, uh, good tire wear on the setup, and uh, but um, what I kind of found that you know how we're, we're all kind of hoping kansas we're all kind of hoping with the new dynamic tracks that maybe the lower line will come in i didn't see it except for on restarts anybody else have any opinions on that well, well if you dig on that first lap you certainly could get stuff on the bottom there for the maybe one or two laps but after that you had to get in the high lane or you were toast yeah, but it also seemed like you could do that at least in the in the spring race too. Like the tires would hold up for, but you use so much of them trying to go low that that they burn off real quick, and it's just not a not a option after lap two. Yeah, there's just too much grip up top, I think, compared to the other two lines. I, yeah, you know, when listening to other drivers during the races, I, I got the impression a lot of people thought Kansas was broke, and just because of what Carlos said is. There wasn't another lane. It was a single lane race, pretty much. And we were kind of hoping for more, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think we were kind of hoping for more. and But uh, but it, it reminded me of, of the spring races there, actually, where everyone stayed on the high line. Uh, Carlos, how'd you do on your races? Uh, I think I only did one that week. I'm not quite sure, but I don't know. I was mediocre at best most of the race which is unusual for me at a one and a half miler i usually usually quick at this place but that wall met it like 20 times in 10 laps but i don't know drove my way to a 12th place and i guess this will bring into another topic here uh someone named mike ellis here yeah (laughs) wrecks the field yeah i was that guy 
Yeah, I I can't believe I did that. And, uh, you know, I was actually inspired by Alan, you know, staying out on old tires and winning a race a few weeks ago. And I'm like, I can do this too, you know. And it was a late caution and we were close to the end. And and I'm sure that I could pull it off. And I had other drivers stay out with me. I wasn't the only one. But I was the leader. And I got on the gas, and that thing hooked right, and there was nothing I could have done. It was just like, oh, my God, what have I done? How embarrassing, though. <laughs> it was. Angry it was. people. Uh, Not me. I, you know, I've done that before, but never as a leader. I did that at Atlanta, I believe, once, uh, but never as the leader. And it really feels different, I think, as the leader. And I felt really bad about it. They had one more restart after that, after I was wrecked out, and... Uh, I think the next guy did the same thing as well. Yes, it he was did. a bad week for me. I just, you know, and I also had, got into a situation with another driver where we basically he got into me and I got into him, and words were said, and and then private messages were sent, and apologies, you know, were going back and forth, and so it was a tough. I did get a fifth though in the open uh, in one of those starts though. So, all right. Uh, Jake, you back at? Yeah, I was just about to jump in. I was going to say, uh, speaking of late race restart wrecks, uh, one time in Atlanta, it was actually an NIS Open. Um, it was like a 40 or 50 lap run, and it was caution came out. There's going to be two laps to go. Or actually, no, it was going to be just a one lap shootout. And uh, top guys all stayed out, and I was only like nine cars in the lead lap, and I was like eighth. So uh, I just went in, I took tires, and come back on the track, and as soon as we restarted, the whole field piled into each other. The leaders all spun, hit each other. It was it was crazy. And now that I think of it, it was, it was actually two laps. So as soon as I got to the line, the yellow came out, and they were wrecking everywhere. And I also ended up getting fifth in that one, like Mike did in his uh, race. Yeah. You know, we talked about this before, too. You know, you saw Joey Logano spin his tires at Daladega, but he didn't hook it into the wall and destroy the field. I mean... Is this broken? Do we need iRacing to fix this? No. <laughs> no. I think those guys would do I think they would do the same thing if they had our skills. Okay. <laughs> I think they just got better skills. And of course it's a real car and uh, you know, they have much better feel than what that went in spinning than uh, than of course we do, you know. Another factor is talent. Another factor is, of course, they have to worry about tearing up a car that costs th- hundreds of thousands of dollars. When on our thing, you can wreck and, I mean, not cost you any money. Yeah, well, a little embarrassment, that's about I, it. Okay, so who on here hasn't done that? Hasn't spun the tires and taken people out? Well, I Anyone? spun the tires, but no, nothing else came out You've of it. You've never done it. <laughs> I did my first time in an A car in a carb cup race when I thought starting in first was the way to go. Right. I think eventually it'll happen to everybody at least once uh, in your iRacing career, but uh, be cautious, take tires, don't stay out on old tires, uh, learn from my mistake. <laughs> well, hey, going back to uh, Kansas, you know, remember that before you wrecked everyone, they were people were all mad at me for taking two. Because they thought it was suicide, and I ended up driving them for what five laps straight, just pull away from them by like two two seconds, and then I have one wiggle and just makes the car undrivable. Well, 
I can tell you from experience when it works and when it doesn't work. Uh, obviously, from in Chicago when I won that NIS race there, um, I stayed out. But I knew that as soon as the caution flew, that was the race. That was it. That was done. And I actually, the caution flew before the we got to start finish line. So, um, but it worked out for me. But I actually eased on the gas because I knew I was a, uh, um, since I was in first place, I, I didn't have to like mash it or anything like that. So as soon as that pace car went, I used on the gas, caution, caution flew out and I won the race. So, yeah. and, but, but then again, in a league race, just a little while ago at Dover, I'm sitting in third and I'm waiting for the leader to go. Uh, leader goes, I mash the gas and I drift right up into the car that's in second place. So, um, it happens it's it it's so quick to happen but i think uh and mike sorry to say this because it's not in your defense but i think being the leader it's a little bit easier not to spin your tires than it is being second or third yeah you know and i blew it and i was trying so hard and you know how you get at the end of the race you're all nervous and shaky and and uh i knew i had it all on the line right there and and i just was trying too hard yep unless you win a lot like jake all right, Jake. Since uh, we missed on a little, little the bio on you, uh, why don't you give us a little rundown on uh, how long you've been on iRacing? What do you normally run, and uh, what type of equipment you have? And then uh, get into uh, get into your team. Well, um, I've been on iRacing about I'd say two and a half years at this point. I I have my own team. It's called Zero Gravity Racing. We work with a uh, Spartan Motorsports. We have a thing called a uh, Apex Motorsports Group. We uh, we actually got two guys in the pro series this year, and uh, when I first joined iRacing, I was actually on a laptop, and that actually was a uh, I was racing on a laptop for well over my first year, almost into my second year, and then I believe it was last December I upgraded to a Asus G10 PC, which is 200 times better. I mean, never race on a laptop to anyone watching. It's just nothing compared to a, a legitimate nice PC. I mean, the the frame rates and everything is just way superb. I I had to worry about buying tracks and such. I had to ask my friends if I could run it because there was just some tracks. Uh, for example, Gateway, when it came out, everyone told me not to buy it because my, my laptop wouldn't be able to handle it. There's just so many elements I had to run. I think like Class 6 graphics or something just to race uh, with a solid frame rate. Yeah, so what kind of like wheels and pedals do you have? I run with a Driving Force GT. I've been running with that my entire time on iRacing. All right. Yeah, that's something that uh, I just uh, put in the closet. So um, do you run with uh, three monitors or just one? Just one single monitor. I don't really have uh, thousands of dollars to buy that type of uh, equipment, but that would definitely be something I'd look at upgrade to in the future sometime. Yeah, it's uh, to me, that that's a game changer right there, just having three monitors. Um, and for people that don't know Jake, Jake is a wonderful at setups. I know you, uh, I know there was some seasons back that you were providing truck setups for the open series for, for people on the forums. Uh, how did you learn how to do setups and, and what made you get into that? Well, to be honest, one night I was in a road series, actually in the Cadillac, the global challenge back when it was still open and, uh. I was just frustrated because the car was just out of control. It was really unstable, and the rear tires were just spinning all over the place. So I just started tinkering around in the garage and 
lo and behold, I actually figured it out, and I just read into it and uh, started learning what H adjustment does. And uh, with some practice and a lot of setups built and such, I uh, got pretty decent at it, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say, uh, yeah, Jake is kind of known out there for really knowing his stuff. And uh, I've been watching Jake race. I think, uh, you know, you guys, I'm, I've talked about the Rutgers get videos, and, and Jake used to race, it seemed like, every race with uh, Kevin O'Keefe. And uh, so I've seen him race for a long, long time. And so uh, very good racer. All right, uh, let's talk about Talladega. Uh, let's start off with you, Jake. Uh, did you run Talladega this last week? I want to say I, I ran an open. Yes, I did run an open looking back at my last 10 and I can't remember. Oh yes, I do remember how I, uh, how that went. Um, so I was basically, I was running with my teammates and we were running up in the front pack. We were getting ready to pit. I can't remember if it was the second pit stop or the first one, but I want to say it was like a lap around a hundred, around lap 100. We went to go down the pits and, uh, it was just us three, so we dove on down, and some dude in the back uh, wanted to jump in with us, and unfortunately hit my teammate in the back, and he was sent to me, and it just took us all out. So there was also uh, one of my teammates survived, but for the most part, uh, took the whole team out in this one crash. All right. Dang. Doesn't sound good. You know, that's kind of how the week went for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never know when a uh, disaster is going to strike at a track like Talladega. Yeah, it is a little bit like rolling the dice. Hopefully you can avoid the mess and see where you can end up or, or you end up in something. But that's like that in real life, too. Brad, why don't you talk about your uh, your weekend there at the racetrack in Alabama? Well, let's see here. The first one, I had a 13th, a 21st, a 16th, a 2nd, and 11th. So I was all over the place, and I don't think it had anything to do with my driving. Uh... I think it had a lot to do with my position on the track. Just okay, luck. Okay. Racing luck, right? Yeah, I mean, I was all over the place, you know, and and I, I had a few blown motors. I, I think the 11th place, the last one, I spent 30 minutes in the penalty box getting a motor put in and uh, still came out and had a decent finish. Yeah, because the attrition was so high, huh? Yeah, you know, people wreck out and they get mad and leave and everything else. And here I am, just logging laps slowly. Yeah, Daniel, how'd your weekend go? I think Brad was actually in that. I think that Gracie blew his motor. I think he's the one that came out and helped help push me, uh, push me for for a good long time there. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I ended up, I was on one and done and I managed to, I managed a third and I had nice. probably one of the scariest wrecks, uh, in front of me. Uh, somebody had spun out of four or something ended up sideways, um, right at the exit to pit road, right on the edge of the tarmac and everyone just kind of panicked and broke and everyone was spinning every which way and i managed to get through that with only a 1x going through the going through the grass and avoiding um somebody spinning sideways right in front of me <laughs> but and then uh, third huh yeah yeah and then third uh, i was um 
running for running for the uh, running for the running for the lead, and um, uh, just me and the uh, the guy gets uh, gets under me because I was trying to run a, a little bit of a conservative line to conserve tires because that actually was a, a thing at Dega for for once, um, and and we both were kind of stubborn and. Uh, Looking back, it's it's probably about fifty percent my fault, fifteen percent his, and and um, he went bull on the on the apron and the tri oval, and we door slammed both of us being stubborn, and so I took on a little bit more damage, but uh, by that point it was like uh, we ended up with four of us finishing on the lead lap. So, wow, interesting. So, you know, what'd you guys think of the tire wear in the fix set for Talladega? It was ass, is all I can say. I can, I, it would have been fine if it was make, made the car really loose. I don't care about a loose car, but it being extremely tight was just not fun for me. Yeah, on old tires coming out of two, you sometimes, I'd have to lift almost sometimes to avoid the wall, and everyone would drift up to the wall coming out of two. It was really bad on Monday night in the integrity race, but Alan, it seemed to get better as the week got went along. I'm not sure why. Interesting. Jake, were you going to say something? Yes, uh, I can't really comment on the fix as I didn't run a fix. I ran the uh, one open race, and in my experience, uh, I mean, like just like the fix for the most part, I mean, not everyone was plowing. My team was actually kind of loose, but uh, everyone was sleeping out to the wall in the back. It looked like you were running a qualifying line almost. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me with the fixed, I just, uh, you know... I actually wasn't one of those guys that ran hard until I th- thought I was going to go to the wall. Then I left. I lifted coming and going into each corner. And so I can actually try to keep it down low. Um, but it, it did seem like when when we had a line trying to catch a, a leader's line, um, we did run the qualifying line to try to make us faster. And it actually did. So, um, but uh, Thursday night... Uh, for the fixed setup, we ran a caution-free race in second split. Wow! First, yeah, wow. first time I've ever done that at Talladega, and so it, uh, that you know, but there were for a few wrecks. Now, now that is something I'm sure everyone noticed this time around that there could be wrecks, but the caution flags were not flying out. Did everyone see that in their races? Yeah, definitely. It seemed like there were some t- wrecks. The caution should have been out and didn't see it. I, I noticed that. Oh, what I'm watching right now is our race we did on Monday in Integrity. Um, you saw everyone just wrecked there going into one, I think, or something like that. And everyone wrecked, no caution. So now the admins actually had to throw one. You know, it was, was kind of cool. like that last night in Martinsville, too. Uh, there were several huge wrecks uh, that I did, you know, got through, and there was no caution. And not. Not necessarily a NIS race, but I was running some C fix last week in the trucks, and they'd be just wrecks of the whole field. But we'd keep it; they'd be wrecking on the apron, hitting the inside wall, and such. The Yev would never fly, but there'd be two or three cars out front just win the race by default. Yeah, I think they they definitely changed something in in how they determine what throws a caution or not. I heard something about a car has to be stopped on the track, and there has to be like another car coming within a certain distance of it um i've you know i've heard other type of things but i really couldn't tell heads and tails what what would throw a caution what wouldn't the only thing i know is that is that uh i better keep in it at talladega otherwise (laughs) 
Otherwise, I might lose something here if I uh, really lift, thinking that there's going to be a caution. <laughs> it reminds um, me of a uh, reminds me of Chicago Land. There, I was pointing the wrong way on the track, and the caution still didn't come out. Yeah, and then uh, in our open race, uh, I think it was second second split again on Friday night. Um, it was it was kind of nasty in there. I, that's all I gotta say. There was some real dirty racing, a lot of uh, blocking going on. There was actually a tensional wreck that uh, Cody Dutton did on uh, Cameron Key uh, that ended up taking out uh, one of my teammates, Colton Landis. Uh, just you know, bystander. He was actually right behind me when I missed the wreck and he got hit. Um, but uh, and then you know the. I always thought on the back straight or that you couldn't make passes underneath the yellow line. And I got passed several times and most notorious was it was uh, Sean Butler. He would go underneath that yellow line to make passes. And, you know, it, to me, it's just, I thought it was very dirty, D- dirty. That, race. that is protestable. I believe. I mean, even though, you know, he doesn't get a black flag, you know, automatically it is a protestable offense. Yeah, but you know me, I don't protest. I have a quick question for you guys about the about starts at Dega. We I had a um, in the race I was in, the guy kept on like I'm not sure if he actually slowed down or just started coasting, but he would he would continually back up till like the back end was basically running all over themselves before we started. I know it's a long gap between when the pace car comes in and the and when you get the green at the start finish line, but it was just it was some some gnarly stuff trying to trying to stay from bumping into people. Well, I'm not sure how many laps were left, but I know that's a common technique. If there's only a few to go, I mean, uh, it's kind of dirty, but a lot of times the leader will just hope for the field to wreck each other before they get to the green, so he doesn't have to race for the win. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff going on like that in real life with NASCAR, too, it seems like. Yeah, which we'll get to. <laughs> Even though it isn't on our notes, or Carlos, I do want to talk a little bit about the real life one. Um but uh, before Mike tells us about Mike, you basically you ran every race, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, now just before you tell us, let me just mention that Tyler Herr from Two Degree Motorsports um, had the 29 car in the top split on Thursday night. Um, I don't know if anybody you guys saw this, but there was a big wreck that took out half the field basically at Talladega. But he had a great race. Uh, it came down to him and Joey Israelson. Uh, right at the end of the race, and he just made that final pass right at the line. Uh, how iRacing scored it was that he won by .000. So it was just a ticker of the Noahs, but uh, congratulations to Tyler for, that, uh, top, Tyler for that top split win on Thursday night. Yeah, I saw so, the picture of them at the line, and it was like yeah. literally by a nose. Yeah, that's crazy. No, they were dead even at the line. Yeah, dead From even what I at could the see. line. But it scored Tyler as the winner, and uh, and uh, he was a very happy man. Top split win, so that's uh, the Congrats. first for Tyler that's there. Great. All right, Mike. Uh, since you race basically every race, tell us about your weekend in general. <laughs> well, anybody who's run with me knows when it's a restrictor plate, it's my turn to win, uh, and I usually get wins on these weekends. So I was excited coming into tally. Uh, it's just bad luck for me, it seems like. And everyone on my team, I, I, I mean, a few people had good runs, but most of us are having what I call 30-minute intermissions. 
you get caught up in something, guess what? 30 minutes of repairs. you got to get a new engine. And so it seems like uh, all week long we had these 30-minute uh, intermissions with different people on the team. Uh, I think I had a 30-minute intermission on every race but one uh, where I almost won it. I finished third. I was leading on the last lap. We were single file. Uh, we come on a lap car coming out of two, and he doesn't know where to go. He's in the middle trying to go down. I go to the outside. Second place goes to the inside, and, and I lost. All right. Um, that lad, that, that uh, lapped car, you know, I've been in that situation. Do you think that he was just in these things where he saw two cars behind him go, oh, crap, which way do I go? I even called it out. I hate it when people do that. They just need to stay high and pay attention. And he was running down on the line and he just wasn't paying attention. And when I, you know, said something, he started looking, obviously, oh, where do I go? But I think he decided to go the wrong way. He ended up in the middle when we caught him. He was in the dead middle. Actually, another uh, thing from a sea race I did last week, this one was actually an open race. I did a couple of those. Um, we were coming up on a lapper, and I was in the team speak uh, with my teammate, of course, and we were on the bottom, and he was staying low, and I, I, we were just discussing, you know, how we were going to get around before we got there. And right at the last second, he moves up and blocks the top for whatever reason. The top goes checking up everywhere, and I thought they had it saved, but out of nowhere, there's this car come inches from hitting me in the right rear, just coming down the track, and it just spooked me in the team speak. I think I yelled something. I just, it just scared me all of a sudden seeing a car just come that close to it, put me head onto the wall. Well, I, you know, the, the thing with the blown engines and the 30 minute intermission, it was so bad during the Talladega week. You know, my wife actually noticed that I was coming out of my office before the race was over, you know, and oh, what happened? You wrecked out again? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I, I finished ninth and sixth, and I figured that's it for me with Talladega. I'm, I got lucky twice, and that's it for me. <laughs> Hell, I didn't, I didn't even run that race. I said, screw this. I'm not dealing with uh, 500 miles of this. Yeah, and I think teammate Jose Pabon also had a lot of those 30-minute intermissions uh, for the engine changes as well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the real race and the, the last part of it. What would you guys think of the... The last part of the Talladega race. Cue the circus music. Well, uh, looked to me like, you know, Harvick knew what position he was in. He was pretty much willing to do whatever it took to make sure he advanced. I think it's really just a product of the chase system that that makes people do stuff like that. Yeah, but you know what? And I, I, at first I wanted to blame Harvick that, you know, he did this on purpose. And then I was thinking about it, you know, I've been in this position, it's the last lap, you know, of the race. We're going green. These guys are going to eat me up. I have old tires. Uh, if I just get, you know, going, I can maybe get to the outside lane. It's just one of those deals. I think it's just a racing deal. I don't think he really meant to do it. Well, actually, for Harvick, I don't think he can go more than about 30 miles an hour at the time. So I, I, I think it's a, a little bit different story from than high racing. But, but yeah. Dan- I think I think he I think he uh, I think he knew what he was doing. I think it's I think he played it well enough that it's that it's uh, that it's not provable. Like there isn't any yep. blatant 
uh, wheel swerve or anything right. like that. Um, but I think he knew exactly where to place his car to try and, and create a little bit of mayhem. And it turned out just better than he could have ever hoped for. Yeah, it's not your arms are itching, right? You know? Yeah. See, to me, I, I agree with Jake. It's the product of the chase. You guys remember what uh, Ryan Newman did to Kyle Larson last year at Phoenix to get into the Yeah, into nobody the blinked. Race. Nobody had an outcry over that. Well, he didn't wreck 30 people. Well, you know, but basically what Same happened Same intentions, was, right? And, and another thing, too, is that Harvick never had a lap where it was real slow, so NASCAR couldn't say, you're too slow to be on the track and black flag him. And so there was like, it was, wasn't those type of situations either. It was at a start, um, you know, a guy tried to go around him. It, it is the, the fact is that, uh, Trevor Bain, um, should have knew from the last restart and be honest with you, they've been talking on TV, how his engine was out. Uh, someone should have warned him that this guy doesn't have a, have anything, you know, avoid the crap out of him. Trevor but he can only pass to the right. So yeah, no, but Trevor Bain wasn't running for anything at that time either. I remember you know, maybe. actually on the uh, the restart before, I believe he was up out of line. And he just got lucky enough that the yellow came out immediately, so he was able to stay a uh, somewhat decent position. And then, of course, uh, the events uh, following happened. Yep. Yep. Now, can we talk about that first attempt? Well, I guess it was a non-attempt. But you know what? When that happened, I'm like, hey, this has happened in iRacing, hasn't it? It's just like when we get the green, the yellow comes out immediately. Uh, we actually all lose a lap. I don't know if that's ever happened yeah, to you guys. There's but. no wave arounds there. <laughs> yeah, because when it happens in iRacing, about half the field has to take wave arounds. Right. It's a little bit different. But I'm like, yep. They yeah, they don't either. have that glitch. But... Uh, do you agree with the NASCAR interpretation that it wasn't not an attempt because they did not pass the start finish line? I'm not 100% sure, but I don't know for sure. I heard it might be in the rule book. I don't know that for sure, but uh, I just think maybe if it isn't in the rule book, they just probably wanted to get a more exciting finish. I mean, I said it beforehand. We were in TeamSpeak talking about the race. I said, watch, we're not even going to get to the line for the wreck, and sure enough, that's what happened. Now, I wait think, a minute. If they would have changed the rule and there were three attempts like normal, I guarantee you that would have been counted as the first attempt. And they would have moved right along to the second attempt. Well, I, I, think, I, think part of, I think part of it is, is the speed because they're trying to avoid having another situation like they did at Daytona in July. Um, and I think that like, if you don't make it to the line, the cars haven't built up any speed at that point to, to pose really any sort of hazard. Um, and the, probably the logic is if you let them, if you let them go beyond that and it's something, an incident after that, then yeah, the attempt should count. Um, but otherwise, yeah, if there's wreck and mayhem right before the line, send them around one more time and try and not end it that way. I think they screwed up altogether. I yeah, everything with the whole cluster, the whole weekend. Yeah. I think they never should have thrown the caution the first time. They said they threw the caution the, the second time. Because cars had hard impact. Oh, yeah, tons on, of cars wrecked. On the first attempt, or non-attempt, whatever you want to call it, nobody really hit anything. Two cars spun down into the grass. They should have let them roll. They didn't, I was thinking the same thing. And they didn't give them enough time to see if, you know, those cars could get turned around and get out of the way. Uh, 
me myself, I'm kind of glad they did because I'm a Harvick fan. But, you know, I, I think they really screwed it up. Are you still a Harvick fan after this week? I'm a Harvick fan and still a Harvick fan. Yep, I am. I remember a couple of years ago, there was actually a race at Charlotte. I can't remember. I think it was Jeff Burton spun all the way out on the apron, and he didn't throw the yellow, but uh, I just don't understand why the Talladega, when there's two cars in the grass and there's not in the way, they're, they're fine. I don't see why you wouldn't just let them race. Oh, everything's just really inconsistent with them. Yeah, I agree it's inconsistent. And uh, I'll tell you the reason, Mike, why I'm still a Harvick fan is because he did what he needed to do to move on. Yeah, Yep, and apparently it was within the rules. Yep. So there's no rule he says you can't really wreck somebody, is there? Uh, <laughs> as long as you don't talk about it ahead of time. Boys have at it, right? Go in the oh. interview to start bragging about how you just took him out to stay in the chase. <laughs> what happened? To, what happened to Boyer uh, a couple years ago? <laughs> well, that was a deliberate yellow. That was that was yeah. Just but look at Newman at Phoenix, you know Newman <laughs> oh, yeah, and Larson yeah. thing. I mean, Newman didn't mince words after that. He he was pretty plain as day. What happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said it pretty far out there. If Larson was further in his career, he would understand what uh what he needed to do there. Yeah, you know what? Nobody said nothing. Nobody, not the fans, not the media, not NASCAR. Nobody said nothing. Well, Larson, after the after that race, he said, I understand what he did. Right, he supported so, it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what we get with this product. That's coming out now with this chase format. Being all, well, drama. Well, yeah, that's why I said, cue the circus music. Yeah. I enjoy it, though. So, I like I the chase too. better than, than... The reason why all this stuff started, because you guys remember when Kenseth won, I don't know what year it was, but basically had that thing... Yeah, basically you had that thing sewn up even before the last 10 races. And so, you know, then the attendance dropped and TV viewership dropped. So they had to do something. And so I'm glad they did something. Now, I didn't really care for that 10 race chase that they had before. So I like this stuff better where it actually rewards wins. And, you know, so I like that type of stuff a lot, lot better. So I don't know. I, I find it more exciting than the old ways. No, it to, just sucks. To, to me, it's kind of it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like something that is so um, like fashion, like something that is so backwards and 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 god awful. It's kind of cool, like that. That's kind of how I, how I view the chase. Like it's so wonky and retarded that it, it's kind of fun to watch. I, I think it definitely has its flaws, but it puts out a pretty good product. So for the most part, I won't complain. There's some incidents like the one that happened this weekend that uh. Are questionable that happened probably just because uh you know the chase system but it puts out a good product for the most part now was this situation any different than what glenn boyer did at richmond in 2013 yeah because they were real blatant about it yeah they talked about it on the radio channel before they did it oh yeah they were yeah it was very blatant <laughs> and it was a non-competing driver helping out a, a driver get into a teammate get into the chase it was actually team yeah telling related. Vickers to pit and yeah right and our arm and 30 guard reckon. I think there was something with the front row motorsports cars too with I think it was Penske yeah we we'll give you good guy. cars if you'd help us out or wasn't there this Hendrick incident back in the day where they I don't know hired extra drivers just to take up spots. 
Mm-hmm. They would have put someone in their uh, fifth car and get them to start and park, so uh, their the guy trying to get the championship would uh, not have to worry about him. Hmm. Interesting. And he is not in the rule book. It wouldn't have to race somebody else, yeah. Uh, actually, it wouldn't start and park. It was just in case, uh, let's say, Jeff Gordon wrecked. That guy in the other car could park it, so uh, he wouldn't be credited with one less point or whatever. Now it would be one less point. Back then it would be probably 15, I think it was, per position. Yeah, I remember that. All right, let's move on. Uh, Mike, you want to talk a little bit about the NIS Open points? Well, uh, you know, I was real hopeful a few weeks ago, but, man, I've had a rough patch through October, and uh, I'm down to 11th in Division II uh, and not doing so well in overall as well. I'm, I think I'm 23rd, but Chuck Sweeting looks like he's got it wrapped up. He's got a 1,000-point lead over second, so congrats oh, who's to the Chuck. top five? Chuck Sweeting, Travis Schaefer, Ryan Michael Luza in third, Dylan C. Jones fourth, and James Fox in fifth. Oh, good group. So that looks pretty good. Um, also, uh, who's interested in the Road to Pro stuff? Anybody? Tregan. Tregan. All right. I think uh, last time on the show we mentioned how they – It. I think the consensus was they really shouldn't have it be – they open in season one, season two, because they run every two hours, and it, it really should be a little bit more limiting than that. Is that correct? Is that what we came down to consensus last last time, Mike? Yeah, I mean, nobody likes how it is, I think. Yeah, so anyway, I heard a rumor, and uh, I call it a, uh, heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy, that uh, iRacing is making a decision to make the road for pro for oval make it uh, like kind of like the Blanc Plain Endurance Series. So it would be a, a special series, limited races in season four of next year. So that will not be season one, season two of next year, taking the top 10. It'd be top 20 in season four next year of a road to pro series so we just keep the existing population of pros longer well it, that's kind of uh normal anyways because they'll be running their pro series and there'd be people that would be able to qualify in season one season two for the next pro series which wouldn't happen until 2017 anyways so uh this would just make the pro series a little bit closer but again this is just a rumor i heard it's not confirmed i'm waiting we'll for a confirmation for my racing on it we'll see but, uh yeah we'll, we'll see on that i know that uh more than one person has heard this rumor so uh so anyway um i'll we'll we'll see what happens but uh it's very well possible that it could be more like how they're doing the blunt plane endurance series where they're saying you know, guys, declare yourself and uh, run this series, and we'll take the top 20. So that's uh, that's how it might be. Well, I mean, as of right now, this is uh, only a rumor. Uh, I know a little bit about this myself, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they obviously hadn't released it to the public, so nothing's official. So if this ends up taking place, uh, definitely going to be much harder to qualify uh, for the peak series. That's for sure, and... Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how everything plays out. Yep. Be, uh, I think, a lot more interesting. I know a lot of people are getting ready for Season 1, Season 2, and uh, 
it would be a change on them, just like it was last year. People getting ready for the NIS Open, and they changed it to uh, season one and season two. So, yeah, so um, change it every year. Why not? Well, I th I think they had to come up with something something better. So, I mean, NIS Open was good, but I still like the idea of a separate series. Declare yourself, run it, run that separate series, have it limited. I I I do think that's good, and maybe this might be the way they go. And if they do change it, I mean, if something isn't good now, change it. So I'm okay with them changing it because I don't like the way it is now, even though I'm not running for pro. That's a curveball for sure, but uh, I think no matter what you do, some people are going to prefer a different way. So we'll just have to wait and see if they end up enforcing this and how that plays out, and then I'll we'll all really know uh, what we think about it. Yep, exactly. All right, uh, I'm going to give a little uh, uh, promotion here to uh, Joshua Justice's uh, Twitch channel, which is called uh, Vigilante underscore Justice. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Joshua Justice posts a lot in the forums, and he's uh, basically what uh, Mikey run with a lot of, a lot with. Yeah, him. he's in uh, my split all the time. Yeah, he basically runs NIS opens, and um, I, I just got to, I just got to tell you, uh, Josh kind of has a reputation with me as someone who's very reckless, and and. He is. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lift policy. Let's just say that. But he has this Twitch channel out there, and I encourage everyone to, that listens to this to go out there and check out his his Twitch channel. Um, to me, I found it be very comical. Even though Josh is not intending it to be comical, it is extremely comical to me. Yeah, okay, you might a, see me get punted. Well, it's not only how he drives. Um, but uh, it's also uh, um, you just gotta watch it. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. You just gotta watch it. But I, I will say one thing about about Josh. There, the man can type. Oh man, can he type? He, you can hear him typing. He's just whipping away at that at that keyboard. Guy while he's type. racing. Yeah. Well, not necessarily why he's. Well, I'll tell you the funniest thing I, I saw him do. It was the Kansas Open race on the, that Wednesday night of Kansas. And he, apparently his chat's on his phone. And so he looks down at his phone to read his chat during caution. And while he's doing it, he runs into the wall. <laughs> I uh, speaking of hitting the wall under yellow, uh, a couple weeks ago I was racing the A Open. And uh, it was actually Shane Miller. Uh, it might have been Shane Miller. I believe it was. And uh, all of a sudden, he just goes down, and hits the inside wall, and he it, the motor just explodes. He's smoking out the back, and I'm just like, "What happened, Shane?" He says, "Oh, I was, I was trying to open a beer and just happened to hit the inside wall." <laughs> so, just it's another one of those things that goes to show you this is not real life, folks. <laughs> that uh, Joshua Justice, he's uh, third in Division Three right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm fifth. Yeah, well, you got to watch out for Joshua Justice there. He will uh, he'll wreck a few people. Yeah, yes. he, he finds himself in situations a lot, but it's to me, it was very unintentional comedy. It's very funny and uh, something to watch. Um, uh, speaking of the NIS Open, uh, uh, who ran uh, Martinsville last night? I got a fifth. Yeah, I got like a 25th. All right. Was there a lot of cautions? 
Yeah, thank God, because I was bad on the long runs. Short runs were good for me, and yeah, it was pretty much short runs. And uh, the usual stuff at Martinsville, people not catching up to the pace car, which you can't get any repairs. I, mean, I hate that. But. Well, you'll see that at Martinsville no matter what. Oh, it's no horrible. What. I mean, sometimes you can't even get four tires without getting lapped. That's the reason why I always put on the second time around if I'm not real close to the pace, pace car. We, uh, but our, our our first, from the drop of the green flag, we went 40. That was the longest run all four, night. Too. 42 or 43 laps. And then I got hit in the ass in and was the first caution. But uh, from there on, it was a lot of cautions. I didn't run personally, but I can comment on my teammates tonight just looking at this uh, result here. It looks like Jacob Harbert's uh, got third and had a. Uh, Dylan Jones was got thirteenth, but he was disqualified. <laughs> I don't know how that works. He didn't disqual- get disqualified from incident, so I'm not sure what happened there. Not from incidents, huh? Maybe he, he, uh, he ignored six. a black flag. I guess he had he was smoking or something. Just decided to keep on trucking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's one of the things I noticed that there was uh, matter of fact, the mic split. There was there was a bunch of guys that got disqualified. Oh, with the incident points, and uh, I would figure that after you hit like 12, you might take it easy, but some of these guys just don't. So Gotta but, catch uh, them all. Yeah, you gotta get a ball. And, but, <laughs> if, um, but funny, because our integrity race, we had like, uh, Mike, maybe you might remember better, or Carlos, we had like two cautions the whole race. Oh, right. yeah, we did. What was the last run there? Like 120 laps or No. It, it, it was it was basically a field run where I was wondering if I was going to run out of gas. So that's 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 a lot. But the tires were obviously shot way before that. But but uh, but yeah, it's just uh, you could just see the difference on on the way some of this official racing's going at something that I consider not to be that difficult of a track, which is Martinsville, even though you're in close quarters and everything, but, uh, and the people really are aggressive there. Yeah. I think there was a few bad apples in in my race as usual that were causing most of the issues. So. Yep. And if you happen to watch Joshua Justice stream, you could see, even though he was, he is normally a bad apple. This time he was a victim of one. Who wrecked him or got into him a couple times, and but that guy that got into him um, was disqualified for incident points. But uh, but yeah, it's just kind of messy. So I'm I'm actually uh, racing tonight and tomorrow night, and uh, it's going to be interesting what uh, what I see here. I don't even know what to do. I think well, part of don't, I think... don't start on pit road. That's what we learned last night. I think part of the issue is that it comes from like the, you know, when you first start racing on, on iRacing and it's your first really sim sim experience, you think that, that the, the key to speed is being able to outbreak the other guy. And this is just the one track that punishes you and the other guy again and again and again for thinking that. Yeah. And plus, if you come in there hard and you break hard, you're wearing out that right front. I was actually running a, uh, like I said, didn't run an IS, but I was, I did do an A open uh, Tuesday night, and uh, the whole field, almost the whole field, I'd say, pitted for tires. We went so long in gas, and just, uh, I, just after I pitted, about ten laps later, I caught the leader. I passed him, 
right away after I passed him, the caution came out, and I was only one lap down instead of two, and that saved my race, and I went on to get a top, I uh, went on to get fourth place. Very good. All right, uh, let's move on, Mike. I think you wanted to mention a little bit about something about some of the statistics for our podcast here. So yeah, ahead. you know, we've been around for a while now, and I wanted to uh, run, I ran some reports on some of the software we have, but I thought it was really interesting uh, how many uh, international viewers or listeners we have. 32 different countries have listened to our podcast with a total download of 3,656 uh, as of Monday. So uh, thanks to all our international uh, listeners. Uh, I just wanted to recognize you. Yeah, and thank you guys. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the listeners do come from USA, which is uh, normal since we are mostly oval racers and we mostly talk about the NIS. And so, uh, but uh, it is nice to see that some of the guys from uh, other countries are listening. And all around um, the country list of thirty-two is quite long. And uh, as you read through it, it's uh, man, that's a lot. Yep. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Nimcross uh, jumping into a form when these guys are trying to decide their Indy cards? Well, pre- yeah, President Tony Gardner was trying to uh, get the forums uh, together on their schedules, you know, so he can get <laughs> nice input from the do. community. And the IndyCar community, as usual, uh, got out of control with the uh, scheduled discussion, and a lot of people were disrespecting each other. And, and Nim actually posted in their forum and said, look, you guys stop or you're all going to be banned. And uh, he pretty much laid down the law. Yeah, and it's funny because the only thing they're doing is just trying to figure out a schedule. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I'd say the first person that comes up with the schedule, yeah, that looks good. Let's move on. So Our community is a, a little bit rowdy, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it is very rowdy. But uh, speaking of Nim there, I was listening to another podcast, which I'm sure many of you heard of, which is iRacing Today Radio Show with Trevor Cameron and Chad Dalton. And Trevor was talking about how Nim was watching one of his streams. And um, and what happened was that Nim messaged him and said, I'm going to file a protest against the guy who was uh, very nasty in iRacing chat during one of his races and he goes, I'm going to file a protest in your, in your name. And so, and I guess that actually happened because Trevor got the, the email saying that they received the protest and everything else like that. So, um, so I thought it was kind of interesting on how Nimcross watched someone's stream and filed a protest even though he did it in Trevor's name, filed a filed a protest against one of the, one of the people. Even though Trevor went to never filed that protest, so a lot of people stream out there. A lot of people record videos. Um, you never know who's going to watch. You never know what's going to happen. So here's the guy that uh, probably got his iRacing chat taken away because of uh, Nim basically just watching a stream. Um, and so I, I kind of thought that was interesting. But I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get the opinions from everyone here. Um, what do you think of the protest system? Do you use it? And do you think it works? Yeah, it works. I, I've used it in the past. I don't think I've used it recently. Um, but there's times, like, if somebody wrecks the entire field on purpose, like at Talladega, they pull up on the turn one and they park it sideways on the banking, 
and the field comes along, guess what? <laughs> I will protest that, and I have. Well, speaking of uh, Nim watching streams, um, actually a while back I remember there's someone I know who was streaming, and suddenly some guy came in the chat said, you know, I'm Nim Cross, how you doing? And uh, and he was like, oh, I don't believe you. There's no way. This isn't Nim. And then sure enough, he's and then Nim's like, check your form or something like that. And he banned it from the forms. But going into the uh, the protest, uh, I, I think it definitely uh, works. Um, from time to time, I, I lose my temper and I end up getting myself in a little trouble. And it just shows you, you know, not to... Uh, do things you're not supposed to, and I've learned to, uh, I've gotten better about, you know, not doing, uh, just not, you know, controlling my anger and not doing things I would regret later on. Yeah, it, I th honestly, I think it, I think it works for the for the most part. It's it's uh, rough for people who are looking for uh, an immediate validation of this guy get, did something wrong. Uh, I protested, and he's still raising me next week. And I think that that's that's where you see all the all the complaining about the protest system, um, but like for for what they do, I mean, I've like I've actually been in a like last year at a Pocono race, uh, Nim actually came in and removed a guy. I think like after he'd reviewed the um, the the protest or whatever. Because he was driving rough, but he hadn't done anything protestable in the race, and basically said, "Yeah, he's uh, he's being suspended starting right now in the middle of the race." I think I heard that last year. I think I, I think I remember that that because uh, I don't think it was in my split, but I think I heard someone mention that uh, yeah, Nim just went into so and so's race and uh, removed someone because of an incident of the week prior. You yeah. Know, I it was kind of like the hand of God coming in and plucking somebody right from my race. <laughs> I'm glad that he's not stuck in the red tape of everything that, oh, you got to submit a, a replay and this and that. He, it doesn't matter where he gets the information. If he has the information, he's going to act on it. I remember one time, I've, I wasn't a part of this, but I remember hearing about it. There was a bunch of uh, top split guys, and they decided to create second accounts, and they were running a rookie race, kind of just messing around, and Nim heard about it. He came in, and there was seven or eight guys who got booted at the same time from the race as it was going on. Wow. No, but the other thing is I will actually, uh, like, if I, if I have a video or if I know somebody else ran in the race uh, and there's some abusive chat going on, I'll, I'll find the uh, part of their video and actually link that in my protest to, to, to them. Yeah, I, I do have no, I have known several people who have gotten their chats taken away from them and, and stuff and uh and knowing them i totally agree on the reason why they got their chats taken away <laughs> but uh i do believe the protest system does work i can't i would not want nim's job because of all the people that just because they got wrecked in the race he has to look over some protest you know this person wrecked me. Well, you know what? Maybe they're just not that good. Or maybe, you know, it's a racing deal or, or whatever. I can't imagine all the stuff he has to look at from that things. But in something that's blatantly intentional, uh, people that totally disrespect other people within the, uh, within the game, people that do stuff like park on them, you know, in the middle of the track, you know, people that – go back onto the track to just cause a caution so they don't lose a lap. You know, that type of stuff. I, I definitely have seen the protest system work for there. Um, but uh, I find it, I just find it interesting on, on what people protest. 
Yeah, I, I, there's just two different types of people when it comes to protests, in my opinion. There's people like me who it's very rare to see me file a protest, and there's some guys who just react and they get tapped in the left rear and they're just screaming protests and stuff over the radio. Yep. I think almost every race you hear someone, I'm going to protest you. What for? I don't know. I've never protested. I've never been protested. I guess it's that those days where I get protested probably will end sometime, but I guess I, I've been lucky enough not to be protested. All right. All right uh, let's move on to the Blanc Plain Endurance Series where we ran uh, Brands Hatch last Saturday. Carlos, I know you ran. How'd you do? Wait a what? Brands Hatch, Blanc Plain oh. Endurance Series. <laughs> I guess okay. That wasn't the greatest run. Let's see. Started 30th. Thought I had a good qualifying lap, but nope. I worked my way up to 20th in like the first, I don't know, seven laps. Touched a piece of grass and spun the thing and somehow didn't get clobbered. So I had to make all that up throughout the entire race. And we, we had a decent run. I think we got, I don't know, 13th, I think, 12th, I don't know. It always makes me chuckle when I'm in a race and I've been running the back the whole time and the spotter comes over. The, I get into the top 20 and the spotter just comes over and just says, you're in the top 20 like I just took the lead. Yeah, from 28th to 20th, yay. Yeah, talk about that again, I tried again on Sunday and qualified 7th that time somehow. I don't know why, I guess the weather played in my favor, but did the same thing. Piece of grass, spun the car, and this time I got clobbered by three people and no damage. And I spin the car on my own, barely touch a wall, a guardrail actually, barely touch it. Eight minutes required. Yeah, I wasn't uh, so lucky. I started the car off for us on lap five. There was a car, a couple cars ahead of me, making that left-hander. Oh, I saw Second to last turn. He went into the grass and the wall, obviously gunned it coming out of the grass. And as we all well know, what happens with tires on grass, they will make you spin. So he basically shot across the road again. As I'm trying to get by, I did not make it. So I... um, I don't know, for some reason, for, for for some odd reason, maybe because I enjoy Brands Hatch a lot. It's one of my, it's probably either my favorite road course or one of my favorite road courses. Um, I was, I was kind of ticked. And when I got back on the track, I drove like, like a dick. <laughs> I just got to say it. I drove like, like a jerk out there. And uh, when I came up on that guy again, I adored him, <laughs> you know. It was it was a zero x door, but I doored him. I was not I was not happy with that uh, situation at all. Was that the one who uh, wrecked you by just coming back across the track? Yeah, yep. That was that was the same guy. And so, yeah, when I caught him, I I doored him. I was I, I don't know. It's just a I, I I don't know what happens either. Where I mean our our I ratings aren't that good. Where it's at eighteen hundred, but I thought it was good enough to not be in the lowest split for this thing. But we're in the lowest split. So we're in here with guys that might be 700 I rating, you know. Uh, we were one split above you, I think. That's where we were running. We were we were expecting you to be in our split, but you weren't. Yeah, we were expecting you, <laughs> but you weren't. So it was, I don't know, it was disappointing. So anybody around the Bathurst 1000 besides myself. All right. So me and Jay Heisman out there took took out to the, the V8 supercar out there at uh, Mount Panorama. And ran the Bathurst 1000, which is 161 laps. 
Uh, we didn't do too bad. I feel bad. I was the first one to actually hit the wall on the car. Um, but I tell you one thing, I was watching a little bit of top split on the Friday night, which was a bunch of Australians racing that thing, man, those top split guys are good. Um, whipping around that car, around that mountain, you know, next to those walls and stuff like that. You know, we, we were driving, well, for example, they were whipping around there probably about 106s, 107s, and, uh, or I mean, yeah, two, 206s, 207s, and we were feeling pretty good when we were hitting, you know, 215s, so. Wow. I've, I've raced the, the V8 Supercar series. Uh, I was up around 2 or 3 in the morning, and I just decided to hop in an Aussie split. I did this a uh, couple seasons, actually. Uh, numerous different seasons and i'll just be driving the supercar as hard as i can i'll be three or four seconds off those australians they just have that stuff down i don't know how they do it wow well it's it it's like uh it's their nascar it's that's their series that's what they do right and so i can understand the reason why they're into it and then especially uh bathurst and so that's that's their national race right there the bathurst 1000 so but they were just they were just real good and Anyway, it was it was very much fun. Uh, both Jay and I we were kind of saying maybe we should run this series over the winter, you know. So it was it was actually kind of fun. Hell, I would I would have ran that race, but I didn't even know it was that day, and I didn't know it was only one attempt at it. So yeah. I missed it. And I had to watch your video to see what I missed. Somebody yeah, I actually can... messaged me on Facebook after the race started, said, "Oh, you you aren't with driving uh, the Bathurst 1000 uh, by any chance, are you?" And I said, "No, I didn't even know what was going on." Yeah, it, yeah, it happened on. Uh, they added one. They had that Saturday race, and then they added one on Friday, uh, near the last minute, to actually for a better time for the Australians. So there was two of them, but yeah, we ran the Saturday race, and it was fun to race with Jay. My first time uh, racing with Jay there, and so that was pretty good. All right, uh, Mike, uh, why don't you uh, mention some of the last things you want to mention here before we uh, before we get to the final thoughts? Yeah, just a couple things before we wrap up. Uh, new base content for all members. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you might have some uh, new cars and tracks that you didn't have before, uh, all for free. So check that out. With a couple new carp type like series for those things too. Yeah, I've actually run a couple of those. They're pretty fun. Uh, the forums, they're doing a general purge on the general forums of all topics that are older than uh, two years old. So if you have stuff out there and you don't want to lose, you better get to it because they're going to wipe it out. On uh, November 2nd, right? Yep, that's uh, very soon. Uh, there's a couple bugs out there. One of them is your track is really dark and you can't see it. That means you need an updated driver from AMD. Uh, the Nurburgring is not going to be out until the December build. Uh, Tony Gardner has posted. And that's uh, pretty much it. All right. Uh, so let's get to some final thoughts. Uh, Daniel, is there anything that you want to mention uh, before uh, we end the show? Uh, not really. Just good luck at Martinsville and uh, try to keep people from hitting you in the back end. <laughs> All right. Jake, any final thoughts? Uh, nothing really much, but on the, on the note of Nartonsville, I'm not sure about any of you guys, but I'm not even sure about myself, honestly, but I may or may not run this NIS in a little bit. So, uh, good luck to you guys if you do it. And if I do it, uh, let's just hope I don't get hit in the rear. Like, uh, Daniel said. All right. Brad. Uh, 
good luck in your NIS races. Open door fixed. All right. Uh, Carlos, you got anything? Actually, for the first time in weeks, no, I don't. All right. Mike. Uh, I have a, a statement, basically, uh, that I put together based on the rough week I had at Kansas and Talladega. But, uh, you know, part part of being involved in racing motorsport is that angst you feel when something goes wrong. You make that crazy call. It doesn't work out. It's the worst. But compounding the problems when you get those other drivers involved, too. Uh, racing is really a range of emotions. It's not always just about winning. But how do you feel when you lose? It's the highs and the lows and everything in between. Uh, I'm glad to be involved in this thing we call racing. All right, Mike. Uh, I just got a couple things. Uh, one is that I uh, had an opportunity to watch a a league that uh, Tyler Hudson put together called TDH Short Track Series. Short Track Series. Um, I don't know what it is for someone like Tyler. You could just post something on Facebook saying, hey, I'm starting a series, sign up. And he gets lot of the top drivers in there and he had like 50 in two days or whatever ridiculous amount that he had signed up for this thing but it's uh super late models and short tracks and uh the first race uh ray afala won it was a uh, was a great race it was fun to watch so i'm actually looking forward to what he does with this series uh coming up um it's a, it's a heck of a series um the other thing i would just want to mention is that uh there's uh, several ways to get all of us. You can uh, do it through Twitter, Facebook, our YouTube channel, or Twitch. Uh, uh, I guess you could just watch our Twitch channel or our website, our Racers Lounge. Um, or you can just uh, private message myself or Mike Ellis or, or Carlos. But uh, we're always looking for topics, ideas. Uh, if you guys are interested in um, being on a show like uh, Daniel and Jake here, um, just let us know. And uh, also, I, I will be... Uh, uh, looking for more streams and that type of stuff. I don't mind promoting streams and, and other, what other people are doing uh, for the recordings, either on YouTube or Twitch or anything like that. So if anybody wants to uh, send me uh, their, their link out there, I'll check it out. See, and kind of give me a little bio of what you do too. And uh, then I, I might mention it on the show here and uh, a little promo for you guys. So, but anyway, um, that's it. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and SoundCloud. See you on the track.